0: When I first started in ministry, my wife and I, uh, we're leading a. Uh, here's how you get your start in ministry: you take a three- and four-year-old class with 31 kids in it, just you and your wife, and then you'll know if you want to continue in ministry or not. All right. And so we had 31 three- and four-year-old kids at this church in a classroom, uh, way smaller than our kids' church room, and they were. And Trinity was in that at that time. Pastor Trin, our oldest daughter, she was one of the. Th- she was a three-year-old. It was a class called Rainbows, and, and the, everybody, every kid, wore a T-shirt. We had to put them on them as they came in the door, and a lot of kids that were riding the bus to come to church, and and. So it was exciting times in a town called Neosho, Missouri. When we were there, um, we would teach the kids a memory verse, and the first memory verse we taught them was Genesis nine thirteen. I am putting my rainbow in the clouds; it is the sign of the agreement between me and the earth. And the, the kids would memorize this uh, verse. It's it's a reminder that Jesus, or excuse me, that God gave us the rainbow after the flood, and it's a promise to the earth that I will never do that again. I've chosen now, it's not because I feel guilty, it's not because I feel bad, but I've chosen not to do that again, and here's the sign, the symbol of my promise to you. There's other signs and symbols in the Bible, in uh, in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse number 35, Jesus used a symbol that he used regularly, he said, I am the bread of life. Uh, so, Jesus is comparing, we just took communion, Jesus is comparing himself to bread, symbolism throughout the Bible, and, and we find these symbols all over the place, but today I want to use some symbols that we don't oftentimes think about. I made a mention, a brief sidebar that wasn't planned in a message that I did several weeks ago, and I talked about a couple of numbers, numbers, uh, one, two, three, four numbers in the Bible, and it intrigued so many people that I thought, well... Okay, then let me actually teach you a teaching on numbers. And because today is all about a number, it's about number seven, I want us to understand some of the spiritual significance of numbers and the symbolism behind the numbers in the Bible. In fact, numbers are so important, God even took one of the books of the Bible and called it numbers, right? And so numbers are are a big deal. And, And it's not the quantifying of the numbers, but it's what numbers symbolize. Just like rainbows just like bread, what do numbers symbolize throughout Scripture? Sometimes when you read a number in the Bible, it's just a number, all right? Sometimes you got to realize that not everything has a deeper meaning under it, but a lot of things do. And so if you're so intrigued and so inclined, and if your belly's together, if you got an FOB, a full O belly, then I want you to sit back and listen closely as we go through this uh, study of numbers together. The first number is, of course, the number one. The number one always symbol is always uh, uh, used in the, in the scriptures, and it really simply just means uh, unity. The number one is a unifying number. There is one body, there is one spirit, just as you were called into one hope. You were called the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father, over all, in all, through all. Ephesians chapter four, verses four, five, and six. There can't be two firsts, right? Un- uh, we live in a world that everybody's supposed to get a first place trophy. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Right? Only one of you can get a first place trophy, the one who is number one. Right, uh, The rest of y'all aren't going to get that first place trophy. Now, You might get a second place trophy. You might get a third place trophy, and that's cool. And depending on how old you are, sometimes we're going to even give you a participant's little ribbon. But if we do it right, we're not going to give everybody a first place trophy because that doesn't make sense. There's only one number one. Can someone say Amen. Yes. There can't be two first. God is number one. The Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. God is the only one. He says in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3, You shall have no other gods before me. I am that I am. Amen. God is the number one. The number one stands alone. Number one is not, it's independent of all other numbers, it, it's not dependent upon them. God stands alone. On his own accomplishments. That's why his name is I am. Therefore, he's the one and true, uh, one and only true God. Number two. So, we're just going to kind of jet through some numbers. Maybe you'll learn something. So, when you see the number one, the number two, uh, let's look at this Genesis chapter one, very first chapter, first uh, page, if you will, of your Bible. Genesis chapter one, look at verse number six. And God said, and I'm just going to go because you ought to be able to turn to the first page. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water so verse number seven so god made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it and it was so verse number eight god called the expanse sky and there was evening and there was morning on the second day by the way this is the only one that god didn't call it good because number two number two is always division it's always division. The number two is, is, uh, is, is we could even say uh, separation. So um, when, I don't, when I sometimes struggle with spelling, I just scribble a little faster. So, uh, <laughs> so, so the number two is about division. It's about separation. God did not call the second day good because that was a day that symbolized separation. Now, separation between the, the, the sky and the water. That's a good thing, right? Otherwise, it'd be kind of a freaky universe that we live in. But, but it's, it's, it's separate. In fact, if we flash, I'm just gonna keep on going. If we flash forward to, to the end of the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, chapter 20, chapter 21, we read that about the new heavens and the new earth, one of the things it says, and there will be no more seas, no more, no more bodies of, and I like the ocean. I'm kind of disappointing when I see that because we like to go look at the, that's not the point. The point is, seas separate people. There will be no more separation in heaven. We will be together in complete unity when we're together on the other side. Can someone say amen? amen. That, so, number two is about division, it's about separation. In the Old Testament, there's all kinds of twos that you're gonna read um, male and female. There were two birds for sacrifices, one that was slain, one that was set free. There were, there were two goats, one that was slain, and one that was the scapegoat that was set free. In the New Testament, Jesus talked about you can't serve two masters. He talked about two covenants, the Old Testament and the, the New Testament. The, how about this, law and grace. Talked about Christ and the Antichrist, the natural and the spiritual, the righteous and the wicked. You see, there's division, there's separation between these things. Two is also uh, the minimum number, of people that are to be sent on an important assignment. How many angels were sent to Sodom in Genesis chapter 19, verse number one? Two. Uh, how How many spies were sent to Jericho in Joshua chapter two, verse number one? Two, Jesus sent his disciples out, how many at a time? Two by two. Two is the minimum number of witnesses you're gonna see. I mean, you gotta have two witnesses. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter shall be established, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse number 15. Let me give you a quiz. Uh, Jesus separated uh, on the cross by how many thieves? Two. Uh, how many disciples ran to the tomb? Y'all got a pattern, you just shout it out like you got it, okay? Um, uh, <laughs> how, how many angels were at Jesus' resurrection? Uh, h- how many disciples did Jesus walk with on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection? Come on now. H- how many men in white apparel testified of Jesus' ascension into heaven? How many, two of them did. If your answer is two for every one of those. Three, let's go on to number three. Three is a number, this is a powerful number. Three is the number of, of fullness. Th- three is a, is, a, is a huge number of, of, of completion, uh, completion. I'm gonna put L completion. Um, so that you'll know. Fullness or completion is the number three. Matthew chapter 28, verse number nine. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. So three is the number also of sufficiency. It's more than enough. So it's fullness, completion, sufficiency. Jonah, how long was Jonah in the belly of the fish? Three days, guys. Jesus was in the grave, how long? Three days. completion is there. Three is the minimum number necessary to establish a pattern. One time, well, that was weird. Two times, that was a coincidence. Three times, well, there's a pattern going on in here. And and often, you need to look at your own life sometimes, right? Uh, So, you you know, you had you had one um, bad job. Well, that was rough. You had two bad jobs. Well, that was a coincidence. (laughs) Three bad jobs. You might want to look in the mirror and say, I'm the common denominator in all this thing, right? And maybe I need to do something about this. It's just, all, you can apply that to all your lives. When we're expecting confirmation concerning a certain act, three, it's, it's good news to know when something happens three times. It points to greater fulfillment, uh, greater, uh, greater uh, the unfolding in your life. If you've been asked out on a date one time, that was nice. Two times, well, that was, that was great. Three times, this might be a relationship, right? Because three. if, you, if, you, you know, if you've been on a job for three or more years, I mean, look at all the applications. If you're on the job for three or more years, there's something about that number three. That really, when something happens three times, Peter, there's significance. Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times, guys. Three times. Three times Pilate wanted to release Jesus. Three times. But three times, the chief priests and the rulers rejected that. There's there's something powerful about. Listen, this repetition of three really emphasizes rejection in the life of Jesus too. So it's it's about fullness and completion. Sometimes over rejection. There's just so many meanings to this. Three speaks of, of 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 sufficiency, the complete work of God. Man is a trifold being. We are made up of body, soul, and spirit. There's there's completion there. There's fullness in that. Even when we teach the Bible, oftentimes, most most of the time, unintentionally, uh, we will give a a series of three main ideas, three big points. It's just, and when you think about even when you're in school, when you're in elementary school, you were taught how to um, write a speech. It was about the introduction, your three points, and your conclusion. It's just, that's just how it is. I mean, in the Bible, all throughout, there's faith, hope, and love, grace, peace, and mercy, morning, noon, and night, uh, Peter, James. James and John, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You follow this like these threes. There's holy, holy, holy. Amen. And there's amen, amen, and amen. Right? So threes, baby. Okay. How about number four? Number four is the, is y'all doing good? Number four is the creation number. Number four is a creation number. It's a, it's a, it's symbolic of completeness. It's ample. It's enough. It this number four is the number of of hope okay so four has got tremendous significance on the on the fourth day all materials of the earth were created it's a creation number so back in creation genesis chapter one on the fourth day the materials of the earth were created four is the the number of the great elements what are the great elements earth air fire and water that's the number there are four regions north south east and west right there are four seasons to the year Fall, winter, spring, and summer. There are four, uh, although if you live in Lathrop, there is, there is that one day of winter and then there's summer, right? <laughs> there are four phases of the moon, right? There are, there are four divisions of the day. There, there, the Bible has 10 references to a thing called the four winds, which is a whole another message. How many gospels are there? Bing, you got it, good. There are four living creatures around the throne. Revelation chapter four, verse number six through eight, which is a powerful one for you to read. There are four living creatures standing around the throne of God of all these eyes described specifically, but there are four of them. And don't forget, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Jesus, right? So we're talking about four in the fiery furnace as well. So it's a number of hope is what it is. Y'all learning something, yes? Okay, good, stay with me now, number five. Five is seen throughout the Bible. Almost every time it's used, it's, it's a part of a whole, how many how many uh, how many fingers you got on your hand? Five. I think God designed us with. I think there was some some numerical significance in mind. So so five is is uh, I, we, I would say five is the number of God's God's grace. Let me let me write that down because that's a really good thing to say. Man, Troy, you're rocking it today. Thank you. God's God's grace. So number five is the number of 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 God's grace. Um, it's the When you talk about the tabernacle in the Old Testament in the wilderness, the pillars were five cubits apart. They were five cubits cubits high, the brazen altar was five cubits by five cubits, there were five pillars in the holy place. The sides of the tabernacle were reinforced by five bars on each side. This is found in Exodus chapter 26, you can read it yourself. The inner covering of the tabernacle was composed of of a certain number of curtains. Take a guess at how many curtains there were. There were five curtains which uh, which were attached to five other curtains for a total of 10 curtains. Notice the double five pattern, you're gonna read that a whole lot. There were five original priests, Aaron and his four sons, five, all right? That five is a number of, also of preparation because when you read that in the, in the Old Testament about uh, the tabernacle having all of these sets of five, it's about preparing for God's presence. We talked about that earlier. Jesus said, go and make preparations, didn't he? Go and make preparations. You gotta be prepared. The first five books of the Bible Called the Pentateuch, also known as the Torah Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those five books were put together to get us ready to give us an understanding of the law as we then look through the rest of the Bible at Israel's. History, at the history of God's chosen people whom we've been grafted into that vine and we're a part of. The five um, virgins, the, they were prepared, the Bible says. David, in preparing for a Goliath, picked up two stones, true or false? No, five, smooth. Why? Their significance. In the way. I wish we had all the time in the world. We could lean into all of these things. They're just so powerful. I'm telling you, it's, it's about preparation. David picks up five smooth stones. God is communicating to us. <laughs> you be prepared. You're not gonna need them. But you do everything you need to do to be prepared. You do your work, you do your diligence, you be a part of the solution. To prepare and perfect the saints for ministry, some are called into the five-fold ministry. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, are you with me? Number five is about preparation. It's about, it's about giving God's grace, extending it to other people. This is so good. Number five. Number six. God created man in his own image. So, And number six... Is the number of man. Number six is the number of you and me. Um, he created male and female. Genesis chapter one, verse number twenty-seven. Um, we were created on the sixth day. This should remind us that we were created in incompleteness, on purpose. Um, man without God will always be incomplete. So I'm going to also call number six is the number of incomplete. um, uh, no matter what we do in our own strength, we're always gonna fall just below the number seven. (laughs) That is such, you should say that again. No matter what we do in our own strength, we're always gonna fall just below the number seven. I, I need you to know that the sixth commandment calls our attention to value human life, which is what was talked about on the sixth day. It says, thou shalt not kill. The value of human life was communicated in this. It's, a, it's man's number. The serpent was also, by the way, created on the sixth day. <laughs> so man was created on the sixth day. So was the serpent that was a representation of the evil one. Jesus' first miracle, he changed water into wine. How many pots were there? Six, six, six water pots is, is what we understand. John chapter 2, verse number six. A wedding um, represents also a uh, uh, um, so love, so the number six has like three meanings. It's man's number, it's the number of incomplete, but it's also the number of, of love, of, of not agape love, but it's the number of phileo love, okay? And so it's that, it's that feeling-focused love. It's, it's attraction, man, uh, to a woman. It's, it's the number of love. Boaz gave Ruth, some of y'all remember these stories, six measures, six measures of barley, symbolic of his love and symbolic of his protection. I don't know if you knew that. You're like, well, that was kind of cool. He gave her six. There's a reason for the number. It's because it's about, it's about man. It's about love, and it really is about in, in, incomplete. But this isn't the first birthday. It's in the second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. This is number seven, and so that's what I want to talk to you for just a couple of seconds, because that's about all I got. Now, I got numbers all the way through number 10 today, but we might have to stop at number seven. Seven is, seven is God's number, right? So it's, I don't want you to thank Reno or Vegas for that. Seven is God's number, right? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even in my notes, but that was really good. <laughs> seven, in, in the Bible, numbers have spiritual significance, of all the biblical numbers, seven is the most familiar, because seven is in the Bible. it's the number that's in the Bible more than any other number. Some people might say, "Well, how about number 12? It should be in the It is in the lot. But number seven is in the Bible over 600 times, you're going to read about the number seven. Seven denotes um, spiritual perfection. So it's God's number. Spiritual perfection is what it what it's communicating to us. Divine fullness, completion, totality. It it comes from the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word number for number seven is to be full, <laughs> to be uh, to be satisfied, to have enough. That's what the number seven is. God is enough. God will fill you. Uh, you'll be satisfied with God. Can some, does someone say amen? Yes. Amen. Just a, seven constitutes a complete cycle. Um, There is something in the Bible called jubilee. The concept of jubilee in Scripture is a powerful concept. By the way, jubilee, um, uh, there's really three parts to it. There is the seventh day, which is the day of rest. The, uh, there is the seventh year, which is what we're doing, uh, what we're celebrating, and that's, that's a time that we're supposed to, um, we're supposed to give rest to our... Uh, it's a time of peace. It's a time of, of we're not going to plow the field this year. Instead, what we're going to do this year is we're going to totally depend upon God and what's just going to sprout up on its own. That's what we're going to live on this year. It's, it's a year of faith. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? It's a year of faith. It's a year of abundance from God not from the hand of man. It's a year of trusting the Lord for the increase. That's the seventh year. But then the seven times seven is 49. So on the 50th year, that's the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee is a time where, uh, listen, this is a a law in Israel's Israel's history, in the law of the Hebrews. Listen, on the 50th year, uh, every piece of property that you had sold or was taken from you or stolen from you uh, that's in your family lineage, you get back. Free and clear, baby, right? (laughs) On the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, um, all the prisoners in prison get released. Shazam. Now, you don't got to worry about that because back then in the Old Testament times, I did my research. In the Old Testament times, the rapists and the murderers and the abusers weren't released from prison because they never put in prison to begin with. They were just killed, baby. They were just killed. The only ones in prison were the people in debt who couldn't pay their debts. But in the year of Jubilee, well, the gates were opened and everybody was set free. There's something about this concept of jubilee. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Especially to an oppressed people. The Hebrews were slaves for how many years? You'd think they'd appreciate the year of jubilee. Not once, not once. In thousands of years of history, has has Israel, the Hebrew people, the children of Israel, ever, ever practiced the year of jubilee? Not one time in history, not just our history, but history period, have they ever done it. Even up to the time that Jesus came, they had they taught it, they appreciated it, they liked it, they promoted it, but they never did it. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus uh, is—they're thinking, well, the Messiah is going to come, and the Messiah at that time is going to establish the year of Jubilee. It'll be like, okay, well, you know, we know it's supposed to, but somebody's got to say, go. Jesus will come and he'll say, go. Jesus came and he didn't say go. (laughs) He said, I am. I am Jubilee. I am freedom for the captives. I am, I'm proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to set things right. So Jesus is Jubilee. This number seven. There's power in that number seven. And that's what we're walking into this year at New Life Church. Even in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, just it's so much full of sevens. It's so exciting. It's, it's, about, it's about God's, it's God's number, but spiritual perfection. Because in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven parsonages, seven veils, seven woes, and seven new things. With, with an I, not an A, right? There are seven glories of the Son of Man. There are seven blessings recorded. The word Jesus is found seven times. The word Jesus Christ is found seven times. And and God's wrath is found seven times in the book of Revelation. Just one verse, Isaiah chapter 11, verse number two, the Holy Spirit rests on Jesus in seven distinct ways. Spirit of God, spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, and the fear of God. That's what we should be praying for in our own lives. That's, again, Isaiah chapter 11, verse number two, if you want to write that down. Number seven means finished. It means complete. It means perfection. It's, it's what Jesus was doing for us. So praise the Lord that we're living in this year. I'm going to call it a year of jubilee, but it, it's, it's because it's a year of peace. It's a year of pl- plenty. It's a year of a prosper. It's a year of, of provision from God, and that's... That's number seven. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a jet two of for eight, nine, and ten. Would you take that from me? Number eight simply means resurrection. It's eight is a new beginning. When you read about number eight in the Bible, Noah's Ark passed through the waters, symbolizing death, but it, but it was rested. It was resurrected on a Mount Ararat. How many people emerged? Eight people emerged out of it. It's a number of resurrection, of new beginning. David was the eighth son of Jesse. Solomon was the eighth son of David. The writers of the New Testament um, uh, were eight in number. Who were they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, James, Peter, and Jude. There were eight writers of the New Testament of the total of 27 books in the New Testament. So we're talking about the number eight. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Bethlehem, his birthplace was mentioned how many times in the New Testament? Eight times, exactly eight times. Jesus came that we might have a new beginning. Jesus came to new beginning to give us a new beginning, and number eight times was mentioned to remind us that he is the new beginning in life. That's why we need to accept, accept Jesus. Number nine, nine is the number of judgment, the number of finality. Nine is the last single-digit number there is. The Oriental culture, um, particularly in the, in, the, in the Korean culture, nine is a sacred number. It's not sacred to us, but it's the highest single-digit number that there is. It's judgment. It's the last digit. It marks the end. The, the conclusion of the matter is found. What time was Jesus nailed to the cross? Nine o'clock in the morning, 9 a.m. in the morning. The Bible says on the third hour, that's nine o'clock in the morning. How long did he hang there on the cross? Well, he, he died at three o'clock in the afternoon, so that means he hung there for how many hours? This is the number of finality. He was up on the cross for nine hours. It wasn't an accident. It was very much on purpose that God was communicating, it is finished. Yes. Jesus said it. God, God teaches us through this the amount of time that he was on the cross. Jesus' work on earth at that point was finished. A cycle of finality is indicated, listen by this, this is so cool, nine generations from Adam to Noah, then the flood and judgment. Noah's generation was the ninth from Adam, and Abraham's generation was the ninth from Noah. Listen, there's finality, there's judgment in this. The, the Bible has nine re- recordings of stoning, nine times. It's final judgment, right? Uh, nine records of, of, of blindness in the Bible, Spiritual blindness. is communicating. That's fun, it. Can be final when you're when you're there. Uh, nine records of leprosy in the Bible. The Genesis or excuse me, Galatians chapter five, twenty two and twenty three. But the fruit of the spirit is how many are there? Nine. There's nine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control against those things. There is no. Law, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 8 through 10, there are how many gifts of the Spirit? Not just fruit of the Spirit, but how many gifts of the Spirit? Y'all better know the number now, right? There are nine, nine, nine gifts of the Spirit. Wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of Spirit, speaking in tongues and interpreting those tongues. There are nine, nine gifts of the Spirit given to us. This is, this is finality. This is it. You're not going to add any to this. That's where churches go wrong. Well, there's another one that I might just give a sub, sub number to category three, p- paragraph 2a. You can't do that. Number 10. There are four biblical numbers uh, in the Bible that talk about completion or perfection, and, um, and those numbers are 3, 7, 10, and 12. 3, 7, 10, and 12. Um, each number represents completion and perfection in their own way. Three, seven, 10, and 12, this could be a whole nother. Three is divine perfection, if you're interested. Seven is spiritual perfection, which is what we're talking about this year. Uh, 12 means like governmental protection. Like, like That's why we're... Are there are 12 people on a jury. I don't know if you knew that or not. It actually comes from the word of God. <laughs> 10 is the number of perfection or completion of God's divine order of things. How many commandments are there? Why aren't there 15? Seems like there's room for more, right? There are 10 commandments. There is only one, of one perfect biblical number in which humans have a part. Humans have no part in, in, in three, divine perfection, no way. Humans have no part in number seven, spiritual perfection, that has to come from God because that's God's number. Humans have no part in governmental protection. God establishes leadership. Listen, we might think we're voting, but God is establishing leadership. Can someone say amen? And, but but humans, humans do have a part in God's divine Order of things. We have a responsibility. It gets back to our very anatomy. We have ten fingers, we have ten toes. Uh, ten commandments in the Old Testament. Um, just examples of this over and over again. First five of the commandments concerned with God and, and uh, our relationship with God. The, 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 the last five are concerned with our relationship with other human beings. See how they're divided up in the Ten Commandments into two fives? Uh, the number 10 is the start of a whole new order of things it's a new I mean we went through the digits 1 through 9 number 10 starts it over again 10 through 19 and then twenty. you see what I'm saying so it's, a, it's, a, it's a starting over again divine, divine order is being established our responsibility is to give you know 17.5% of our income is that what we're supposed to do? no God said give 10% why do you think it's just a random number? well I don't think they can afford 15 but 5 seems a little you know low I don't know <laughs> No, God is, it's, it's a, what he's saying is, you want, you, want a, you want a do-over? You want divine order in your life? Connect it, baby. I'm just telling you, all these numbers, all these numbers have, have something to do. So we're at number seven. And I'm just declaring over our church, we're walking into some, some really cool time, a, a year of jubilee, a year of, a year of jubilee is what we're walking into. So... Pray with me that the dream would continue, that people would get saved, campuses would be established, the little ones would be blessed, right? Pray pray with me that God would do some great things. And you know, we're still in the process of sending out, and I'm excited about the, you're going to hear in the next week or two. Uh, some folks that we're going to be sending out once again here at from New Life Church and how they're going to be serving in another part of the part of this region, and we're excited about that. So God is good, and I want to just say, let's bring that up if we could, please, at this time. We just want to treat you, and, and some of y'all got a little morsel ahead of time, So, um, uh, but we're, we're delighted for that. But we want to treat you because Tanika is a doll, and we're so proud of her. Tanika made for us. Cake pops for a for a for a birthday celebration, and so we're going to bring these cake pops up. The next the next uh, gathering, if you stick around for the second gathering, uh, you'll be you'll have an opportunity to have some uh, a, a slice of cake. I'd prefer a cake pop. I'm just going to throw that out there, right? Right? Because I can just put that whole sucker in my mouth, and they're so tender and they're so moist and they're just delicious. These will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I can almost tell you that for guaranteed. Yes. So we're going we're gonna, to, listen, look, these, this is our birthday cake, and so Trin's going to light all these sticks on fire for us. Um, we're actually not going to do that. But I would like you to join me in singing, and I'm going to sing because I'm happy. I'm not going to sing because I can. So I want you to stand up with me, please. Let's sing. And we're going to sing Happy Birthday, New Life. But we're going to sing it uh, my pace, not your pace. Because too many people sing Happy Birthday like we're at a funeral service. Are you ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear new life. Happy birthday to you. Come on now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, Father God, we say thank you for your blessings like Sally said to me earlier, it seems like we just blinked our eyes and it's seven years later. God, but how many people have been birthed into the kingdom? How many marriages have been saved? How many children have come back home again? How many bodies have been healed? How many minds have been restored back to where they should be, God? And the confidence and the assurance and the presence of the Holy Spirit has been made available to people. And God, we are so grateful to be an outpost in the kingdom of God right here in Lathrop and in the other areas we're moving into. God, we thank you so much that you've given us a first, Firm foundation solid footing and now this is the year of jubilee i declare jubilee over every family over every life over every finances over every job i declare jubilee today god over every wayward child i declare jubilee god today over every marriage that's broken i declare jubilee over every body that's hurting and i ask god that you would give us restore unto us as it says in job chapter one verse number 10 the year that the locusts have stolen we say thank you god for your provision for us and we give you glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving because you and you alone are worthy. Someone say amen, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you, may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest. And may he give you peace. Hallelujah. What I want you to do is come get a cake pop and clear your place because we've got another gathering in about 20 minutes. God bless you, friends. Have a great Sunday. Amen, amen. Get your cake pop or leave it for me. I don't care. Right on.